Did you guys receive a lot of blessings through Deuteronomy? So, from chapter 27 begins the third part of Deuteronomy, and especially out of all the current of Nelson. How about now? Good? Okay. So, and in front of Mount Eval and Mount Grisim, um, spoke Moses about this blessing and curse. And, and in Deuteronomy, there are many themes, but uh, one of the most important themes are uh, was that uh, who is uh, Yahweh. So no matter whatever other religions are, are saying, uh, whatever theory or whatever so-called truth that they are um, speaking, the God that they are saying they have, uh, they cannot um, pour the blessing and the curse at the same time. So in Buddhism, they have these, these uh, nirvana and what's oh, the hell for the word equivalent for hell for them. Um, I'm not sure, but they have this kind of word. But polygatory or something like that. But anyways, um, so in their concept, they are keep uh, reviving again and again, right? So they don't have this concept of judgment, this theme of judgment. Only, only the one who can pour the blessing and the curse at the same time, uh, or the blessing and the judgment at the same time, is the Creator God, Yahweh. So you guys are the ones who are blessed because you have met the right God. You have met the right God. And Yahweh, He is the one who decides between, between the blessing and the curse. And He can also turn the curse into the blessing and turn the blessing into the curse. This is how tremendous He is. So, so for us, it is, it is so natural for us, it is so right for us to have fear before Him and uh, kneel down before Him. And this God is the one who loves us. And how amazing is this fact that He loves us, who can pour the blessing and the curse at the same time. So we have been covering this, this theme uh, throughout the Deuteronomy. And and also began um, Moses speaking in front of this land of Moab and he once again re-insisting to the Israelites to vow their um, decision toward the Lord about, about their covenant. And in his tone, God is keep uh, doubting toward the Israelites. Is it, and it is, it is difficult to understand um, God uh, acting like that and speaking like that. How is a loving God can speak like that, um, doubting his beloved, beloved people? And in fact, God is saying like that because he's looking at the um, status of Israel right now. He's not talking about that they are um, determined to be doomed or something like that. So they, he, what he wants to truly say to the Israelites is that you need to turn back to me. You need to turn, um, come back. So, and in our, uh, in our spirituality, uh, when we speak about decision or our deception, it has 
some sort of um, chronological theme or concept. Um, and you usually get confused between time and you sometimes think um, about the past or think about the future when you need to think and re-diagnose uh, yourself right now at the present. And because our relationship between God should be always in the present, but, but because you are uh, concentrating on your future or the past, that's the reason why you are being uh, deceived. So throughout the whole Deuteronomy, the reason why God is uh, speaking in the voice that he's, um, he's doubting the Israelites' uh, identity and the reason why he keeps saying the Israelites will be judged is because uh, Israelites are in the status of, of damnation at, at that time. So, but but all all that all the thing the Israelites need to do is just to repent, and and God will cover all their sins. So, all their issues is that they do not repent. And that kind of flow continues until chapter thirty, and and from first uh, chapter thirty one begins uh, Moses um, entrusting his leadership to Joshua and. And once again, Moses began preaching to the Israelites, telling them, you guys should no longer act like this. And continuously, through Moses, God is keep encouraging and um, uh, telling the Israelites to come back to him, return to him. So we need to see how much God loves the Israelites to, to bring them back to his arms. And he does not go weary. And, and finally, from chapter 32 begins the story about uh, this, uh, appears the song of Moses um, telling the Israelites you should be reminded when you are in the suffering and tribulation of, of, of this song that God is with you <laughs> and and we have finished um, in verse 14 and especially in verse 13 Moses is describing uh, God's characteristics as as a rock and um, his righteousness something like that so everything about the Bible is is about the, the identity. If you do not understand about this identity or the characteristic, you you do not understand who that that person is. Um, if you are uh, uh, um, what's called, if you are a centipede, you only need to eat the leaf of a of a plant. If you try to eat a meat, then you will die. Something like that. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, let's move on. So, so here appears the characteristics. Because we have relationship between God who has characteristics like that because that's, that's why we can have the same characteristics. And this can never be achieved by our own effort. How can we always uh, be joyful? Because we have a relationship with God who is always joyful. How can we be always thankful? Because we have a relationship between God who is always thankful. So if you lose your identity, then your faith will never grow. And the core message of, of the faith is believing who you are, who I am. If you truly accept um, your identity, you will never be shaken. Why, why are the righteous never be shaken? Because they are the ones who have relationship between God who is bigger than the universe. That's, so that's the reason why there's no reason for them to be shaken. If your identity is a righteous, then you have no reason to be shaken. It's the same. If you have a doctor's degree, and if you consider, if you try to achieve that by your, by your own uh, intelligence and your brain, then it's so uh, difficult and vague. But if you trust God, you will never be shaken. In any ways, in all circumstances, the children of God must be thankful. There is no reason for us to uh, not to be thankful if you live by God. So we have characteristics, we have that kind of relationship with a God who has that kind of characteristics. And and from verse 15 begins Moses uh, speaking about the Israelites who are not having the relationship between this kind of God. And if you are a child of God, um, you you can ha you can um, say many typical uh, identities or characteristics of child of God. Um, one of them is is wisdom, uh, and one of God's nickname is Sophia, which is wisdom. And there are many nicknames, many names of Holy Spirit, but He is, one of them is, is Spirit of Wisdom. And God's Word, Logos itself, is the wisdom itself too. And it contains all the um, principles and the um, method of God creating the universe, how He rules the world. So, child of God also have that same representative characteristic Maybe uh, it is possible for you to not be, be intelligent in the uh, perception of the world, but never, never the child of God um, become, become ignorant or, 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 the word? or, or, never mind, I forgot the word, but, um, I used to know a person who, who worked in a department who is taking care of the stocks. And I told that person, you have lots of intelligence, but you don't have wisdom. And he graduated, in, graduated the greatest university in South Korea. So what I'm trying to say is that you need wisdom. We all, 
we all, it is good for us to have both intelligence and wisdom, but if we must choose between one of them, then we should choose the wisdom. This is our privilege. Why? Because we are the royal children. A king must be wise because he must uh, make judgments and he must um, judge people. He must rule over people. In Proverbs chapter 8, what is this wisdom? It is authority to, to rule over, over the whole creation, rule, um, authority to rule over all um, creations and the world that has been created by God. But if you are full, if you are full, it means that your spirit is not opened. Your spirit is closed. So fundamentally, a person who is, when, when he is saved, first, that person must sense the presence of God. It, it is not, it has no relationship between whether you are um, dull or sensitive. You must at least know, oh, this is what God wants and this is what God is not pleased with. You must sense, oh, he is pouring his presence, he is pouring his anointing. And and later on, you must sense, have these, these uh, fear to God. And this has no relationship between the sensitive sensitivity. If you have Holy Spirit indwelling in you, then you must sense this. Are you sensing the anointing? No, that means you have you have issues. Whenever you are listening to the sermon, you must uh, feel this anointing. And and whenever a child is born, um, after about like ten days, a child can um, distinguish the voice of his or her parents. It's the same. Whenever Holy Spirit comes in us, we should be able to sense sense the presence of the Lord, and we should be able to sense what He likes and what He does not like. And if you are not like that, it means that you have been bound because you are you have not lived by the Holy Spirit. If you are bound, then you must go through this certain process. And if you are bound, um, you will go toward the darkness. So it, it gets more difficult and more difficult. And Moses is describing Israelites as uh, people without wisdom. And because they are they are foolish, they do not know how much God loves them. In, in verse 10, he guarded him as the apple of his eye. That's how much God is being sensitive toward the Israelites. Love is all about sensitivity. If you love someone, you cannot be dull toward that person because you have lots of attention to that person. It, among our brothers, among our brothers, whenever you are at, you're at work, if your wife went out to do her hair, and if you came back from if you come back from your work and you cannot sense sense her her difference and say, hey, where where's the dinner? Then you that's a serious issue. You should not be like that. That means you don't have any attention to your your wife. 
because <laughs> because I always have uh, interest toward all of our sisters in our church. I I am very sensitive toward all the sisters' um, weight, body weight, <laughs> whether they have gained a kilogram or not. Anyways. But say if you have stain on your uh, pants, then it's a little, um, you might feel bad about it, but it does not uh, bother you that much. But if you have something in your eye, that means uh, you must, how, how difficult would that feel to you? That's how much, uh, how sensitive God is toward Israelites. God is really he is so sensitive toward us whether we are um, whether we are holy whether we are pure whether we are uh, committing sin why because because that's how much he has interest toward us we need to know that oh that's how much uh, that's who we are that's how we should live and we should and he's not the one who is um, insensitive toward us. If you live by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is being activated in us and, and because you don't understand the sensitivity, you don't know how God uh, thinks toward you. Whether God is happy about you, whether God is sad about you, and you cannot diagnose uh, how how you are uh, having this relationship between God. And you might be deceived and think, um, even though God is not happy toward you, you might think that, oh, God is pleased with me. So, in many cases, that kind of people are religious and very legalistic, and they they are deceived and think they misunderstand that because they are doing something, they are doing some kind of acts that God is pleased with that person. And you must uh, please God through your obedience and through your heart, and and it's not our act which makes God pleased. Um, it's not act itself. So sermon, the act of sermon itself is not the thing that pleases God. So if you are not sensitive toward God, then you always stumble in, in this matter of action. So in, in, in this perception of identity, you might think that because I'm a pastor, God is pleased with me. No, that, that title, that job, that name does not de decide whether God is pleased with me or not. And if you say, I'm a pastor, I have different uh, standard of holiness to me. That's the reason why... Um, uh, God considered me different from others, but it does not mean that because of that title, God is pleased with me. And the reason why Moses was abandoned by God is because because he he um, did not meet this the standard of holiness toward God. Um, sorry, I lost that part. Uh, anyways. I said this a few weeks ago. Who are the Israelites? 
who are these people Israelites that that they even um, barbecue their own children that they, they need to live like that they need to go through this persecution like this and I saw this uh, 30 years ago so I I told God Lord I won't be a pastor I don't want to be cursed like that and think if you if you um, lose your holiness and fall into a curse like that would you dare to go to a church and sometimes if you if you look at the Bible if you look at Paul Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of New Testament his life it seems like his life was so cursed he he was nearly beaten to death he was persecuted and it's all our um, standard of Babylon who is Israelites you don't you don't calculate whether you will go out to battle battle or not why because you 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 only see the glory of God. If you are if you are trying to calculate that glory, then it is difficult to follow Jesus. If you do not see this glory, it will all become just religious acts. And if you say, if you try this, if you put effort, then you will you will be prosperous. Then that's all all just 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 uh, diverse spirits, not God. But we are the apple of His eye, and and if you do not understand what this means, then then go out and grab grab a handful of sand and try to put it in your eye. So and and. And he also um, loved his children like an eagle. In Yolbang Church, Spirit of God raised you, not me. Only thing that this head pastor, senior pastor, did was uh, introducing Holy Spirit to you. In Costa Rica or wherever we go, uh, when we introduce God to you, then God will God will introduce Himself to you, and He will He will work by Himself. And please show me that uh, that the proof that God has raised you as eagles, as as tigers. And, and they did not understand who God is. And verse 12, he made him write, uh, no, never mind. The Lord alone led him. And it means God alone can be his, uh, the Lord of Israelites. Israelites are the ones who cannot um, allow their, their um, identity to be given to, to others. So if you live by God, uh, you must realize that, uh, that you must live only by God. 
So from, from today, we will begin looking from verse 15. And they, they became foolish people, and it is natural for them to corrupt. Why? Because they cannot sense the Lord. And it's so natural for them to corrupt. Whenever you commit sin, whenever you live fleshly life, one, one clear status is that you shut your spirit and you, you reject the Holy Spirit. Conversely, if you are keep sensing the Lord, it is impossible for you to live by the, by the flesh. So always open up your spirit and please allow the Holy Spirit to lead your spirit. This should be our fundamental status in our, in our life. Okay, let's look at verse 15. So whenever we look at the corruption of Israelites, we should think to ourselves, oh, we should not live like this. And begins from the begins from verse 15. Appear Jeshurun. It means Israel. the The word itself is righteous and right. And what does it mean? And the Israelites who should be righteous, who should be right, uh, have fallen into corruption and they fail to live like that. So children of God must live in the image of God. So I surely insist to you that uh, the Bible never wrote a single verse to live like a person. It always emphasized that we need to live like God. So even even the core message of the salvation, um, it emphasized it emphasized that whenever Holy Spirit comes in us, we cannot no longer live by our our method or or my thoughts. So verse 15, Jeshurun grew fat and kicked kicked who kicked God, and whenever we say grew fat, it means they are obese spiritually. Last time, um, in chapter 31, appeared also uh, in verse 20, they have, they grew, grew fat. So whenever it is impossible for for children of God to have their environment as their problem. And because we have a life which came from uh, outside of this universe, and it is impossible for us to have anything inside of this universe to become problem to us. And whenever this life is ruling us, it should be a common sense for us to to think that nothing in this universe can be our problem. Only in the perspective of a salvation, we should be able to think like this. So whenever something becomes a problem to you, it means that you have um, locked up your salvation in your thoughts and you have just lived it behind. So... So the prosperity of material itself did not become problem to Israelites, but because they have not lived by God, that's the reason why this prosperity have become problematic to them. If you are not living by God, um, the the prosperity is, is a curse. 
If you possess anything when you are not living by God, that will become a curse and it will become death to you. And prosperity is only a blessing when you are in, in the relationship of God because you, you can make that prosperity flow, that blessing flow through you. So that's, that's the characteristic of, of the beatitude, those who are poor in heart. Just as Paul said, he could uh, be in any, any uh, status, whether he is in, in uh, poverty, whether he is rich, whether he is rich, whether he is poor. He could be in any, any status. So I always emphasize, my preaching is not about someone who is special, but I'm talking about the, the normal and ordinary life of children of God. Does it sound difficult? Well, maybe you can, you can say this is special, but living by the Holy Spirit can be special, but I'm saying it should be normal if you live by the Holy Spirit. So, so whenever you listen to the to the sermon, you sometimes have these these despair, this religious despair in you. And I always say my goal is to make all church members to die, to become martyrs. And the core message of discipleship is to put their life, uh, giving up their life for, for the teaching of the Lord. Are you guys all disciples? Are you a disciple? You sure? So please do not be deceived. Oh, because I don't have money, because I don't have this, because I cannot do this. No. Only thing that you need to do is to live with God. And it is not because you don't have something that you cannot live by God. It is because you are not living by God that that thing is becoming problematic to you. So it's all lie. It's all deception. If you live only by God, then, then this all prosperity, whatever it is, it will become a blessing to you. If you are a normal child of God, uh, it is so natural, so ordinary, so... Uh, normal for God to pour His blessing to that child. If you look at um, look in the Bible to Israelites uh, God's blessing is always being poured. If you have a right relationship with God God never spares anything from, from uh, to to his his children. All the prosperity in this universe um, are created for the human beings. God is not the one who spares things out of all universe um, to save it for Himself. So this kind of issue. 
this kind of issues should not become problem to you any any longer. And you should be able to uh, repent before God and see what, what and diagnose what's the what's the issue. What's the issue? And because they they grew fat, they kicked the Lord. And they are filled with food, and they became heavy and sleek. And they abandoned the God who made them and rejected the rock, their Savior. If you see here, they became obese, and they did not understand how tremendous God is, and they kicked the Lord, and they were deceived, and they began cherishing uh, something other than God. Then they that they were um, concluded. They they ended uh, abandoning the Lord. Abandoning the Lord. And for, for children of God, there's no way for us to live outside of the world. If your spirit is opened and if you spend a certain period of time with God, you should uh, feel this in instinctively. If you have grace, whatever situation comes, you will be happy. If you don't have grace, whatever is coming to you, you should feel very unknowing and not welcoming. These days, whenever I have worship with our sisters, I tell them, oh, you guys are entering into the glorification. You have all, almost solved the things, but you have only one, one issue. And I'm thankful that uh, our, our brothers and sisters are, are doing this well. So anyways, um, they <coughs> rejected the rock, their Savior. God alone is the rock and, and the Savior of Israelites. And here it, it, it focuses on, on God who can show the right answer to the one who is asking him to give them answer. So God is the one who should provide the solution to the problem. If you are inside of God, you will never be shaken. But because the Israelites, they rejected God, that's the reason why they are keeping shaken. And because you reject God, that's the reason why you are keeping shaken by the people, by the money. So surely, if you are in the in the relationship of God, you will never be shaken by any other things. There's no need for you to explain about your your issues. Daniel is not a special case, just because because he it was easier for him to live by the decrees of the heavens than the laws of Babylon. That's the reason why he he prayed to the Lord. And to you, it should be applied the same. You should be able to feel that it is easier to live by the laws of the heavens than the principles of the world. So to me, it is much easier to just pray than to um, calling people, telling them what to do, giving orders to people. For example, 
let's say someone hates me, I, I usually don't just go to the person and explain, no, that's a misunderstanding, do not hate me, something like that. I just, I just come before the Lord and pray. I, there's no reason, no reason for me to just go and persuade that person and explain to that person. This is Sabbath. Going before the Lord and allowing God to uh, solve all the issues. That's the Sabbath. That should be much easier than your own method. And a long time ago, I had to, I had to um, invest my time on on. Uh, looking for different different studies and different um, papers, but now it is so much easier to me. So if you live like God, you should you should uh, live like this. I'm not talking about super spiritual things. It's a normal normal image of uh, people who are living by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Verse 16. They made him jealous with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols. So here, other gods means idols. So whenever the world penetrates, uh, God's anger is automatically being aroused. So you cannot say, oh, I only made one mistake. God, can, God should not be furious like that. It's just a mistake. You cannot say it like that. And God is the one who is always angry and furious toward the thing that is unholy. So if a child of God uh, begins loving something else than God, uh, immediately God begins uh, being angry to that, that object. So if you keep choosing your self-centered life, then you will enter into this uh, relationship of, of anger between God. But what kind of relationship should we enter into? This relationship of joy. Why? Because Cain, whenever he created this world, this world was not something that God was pleased with. Because um, Cain created this world when he was in the relationship of anger between God. So, existentially, the world is itself is the, the object that brings anger of the Lord. So, if you have all self, uh, there is no testimony that's, that said that my old self has been blessed. No. So if you uh, are in the old, old self status, you will immediately uh, enter into this anger status and angry relationship between God. So it's the same story over and over again. It's the same thing, detestable idols. <clears throat> and it's the same. Only the Israelites, 
only the children of God. They are the ones who are designed to live in the relationship between God. And that's the biggest privilege and that's the greatest joy for the children of God. For example, let's say, let's say, let's say when I was in uh, Xi'an in, in China, the western part of China, they brought brought us um, this large um, amount of food for 32 times <laughs> and after after eating that coarse meal I have never said to, in any restaurant that oh they have prepared a lot they brought like 32 coarse meals or 40 40 coarse meals and after that meal whatever meal I had after that I have never said that oh you have prepared a lot and <laughs> there was this person who served us uh, she looked very um uh, dirty. <laughs> he looked very unclean. He looked so unsophisticated, but he was so rich and he served us well. And at first, when I went to China, I was not, it was difficult for me to lay hand on people's head. But anyways, um, you should, you cannot, you cannot have relationship between any other things that God, and just like me who saw this kind of big meal, um, amazing meal nothing else gave me this amazement after that meal and just like that if you have experienced God you should not uh, feel amazed by any other things so I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say is that it is just so normal for us to live by God if we have experienced who he is after the after um, seeing and uh, witnessing the scale of God uh, watching the Iguazu waterfall it, it did not become a big amazement to me so so that's the reason why in chapter 30 uh, 4 appears that oh blessed are you O Israel because they know who Israel, uh, who God is Verse 17, they sacrifice to false gods which are not God. And God is, God is com uh, Moses is comparing God to the idols. And he's saying these, these stone idols, they are not, not characteristics. But if you are keep considering that, that, um, that, that things as a person, then it will, um, put personality in that just like cell phones if you cherish that if you consider that precious and keep putting the personality in that it will become a person to you and and it will become an idol to you and there are many of you who who consider um, cell phones as your as a person we are spiritual beings right and in the spiritual one we have this uh, personal relationship with God but in the same way are, is the money person or not it's not a person 
And if you are a spiritual person, you should never have any emotion toward this thing that is not a person. But if you begin loving the money, you will begin uh, feeling nervous if you don't have money. I'm not saying it will be uncomfortable if you do not have money. But you guys know this story of me uh, not having the money when I used to be a, a in the beginning stage of my pastor ministry. But anyways, uh, what I'm trying to say is that you should not feel your emotion toward these things that are not human, uh, that are not person. So here, uh, describes that um, it has become a God that they had not known. You should not have emotion toward the things that are not human. I mean, that's not person. It's an absolute truth. So if you put your effort, if you put your interest in that, it will become an idol to you. And from today, from today, if I if I try to do, uh, I can make this this water bottle as a as a person. If I cherish this every day, if I put my interest every day, then it will it will uh, put on it will become an idol to me. I once heard from a shaman uh, back in the days. They, they used to uh, he's explaining the method of shaman putting the ghost in a fan or something like that and the way they used is they fasted the little child and gave a small amount of food and they waved the fan to the child and whenever the child sees the fan they put their interest to that fan and that's the reason why the ghost went into into that object something like that but uh, cell phone is the same cell phone is having this process of being an idol to you let's say for example if you are married, are you spending more time with your cell phone or with your wife? Usually, uh, it's probably cell phone for most of you. So that's the reason why if you have cell phone, it will begin um, bringing the, the laws of conversation between, between the husbands and wife. Because you are spending more time with your cell phone. So it is inevitable for, for the cell phone to become an idol to you. It's a fearful thing. It's not a simple thing. Look, this is not a person. And is there any reason for a ghost to go into that object? No. But only, only human beings can put, uh, make this, this object as an idol. Why? Because human beings are godly beings. 
if we put our effort, if we put, if we cherish that thing, it'll become an idol. Dogs are the same, puppies. They're not person. But if you cherish that dog, if you uh, put your love, if you put your effort, it will become a god. Gods they had not known, gods that recently appeared, gods your ancestor did not fear. He's, he's making puns. Um, God is in Korean is shoes, so he's saying new shoes instead of new gods. Well, anyways, uh, what are gods they had not known? In the days of wilderness, Israelites only knew God. So, but, but whenever they entered into the land of Canaan, they began knowing uh, Baal, Asherah, all these different gods. And all these greeds um, were indwelling in the Israelites, and it was not surfaced during the days of wilderness. But whenever they entered into the land of Canaan, uh, they began to see their greed, and they began idolizing their greed. So in any ways, if you are not living by God, and if you are living in Babylon, it means that uh, you are being ruled by Babylon and you are serving the idol. It's a fearful thing. So, if you live in the world coincidentally and if you try to come back to the prayer, why is it so difficult for you to come back to prayer? It's because you were under the rule of the world for such a long time and it is so difficult for you to get out of that dominion. But we are the one who serves the only God and who is united to us. If you live by the world, it is, it is inevitable for you to uh, be ruled by the world. And if you live by the Holy Spirit, you will be able to see this. And through one banner of a, a advertisement on the internet, there are so many spirits that are involved in that banner. So you need to be you need to be able to see how dangerous it is to live in the Babylon. That's the reason why I'm keep telling you and encouraging you to live by the Holy Spirit. If you only when you're living by the Holy Spirit, you will be able to. Um, uh, shut the gate of your spirit from that uh, the spiritual influence of Babylon and you should have this amazement of your your prayer but if you continue to live by the world which are ruled which is ruled by many other gods it hinders you from having this amazement or or joy from listening to to God's voice God's word so let's move on verse uh, 17 gods your ancestor did not fear whenever they were in the wilderness because they did not know they did not know these idols they were not afraid of those gods but but whenever they enter into Babylon, 
they began allowing these other gods to enter into them instead of God. And fear, I once said about this fear, and last week I said about this, uh, fear is one of the co uh, common characteristics of unbelief. If you live by the faith, you will never be afraid of anything. You will only fear the Lord. So here, the word fear in this verse, it's, it's not the fear of the Lord. It's a fear toward the idols. Other, other things. So even toward the people, if you're afraid of me, then that's a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a strange thing if you are afraid of people. You deserted the rock who fathered you. And the rock here, it, it describes the relationship between God. And here appears a fearful thing, whether it's Old Testament or whether it's a New Testament. It is describing precisely what's, um, what it looks like to live with God. And because they did not live, live uh, with God, what happened? You forgot the, the God who gave you birth. And because God gave us life, and, and, and even God gave us life, because you have relationship with other things than our Father, that's the reason why we lost this life and forgot who He is. Holy, uh, I mean, spirit is not like our flesh. Even though you remember uh, the name of God, um, if you do not live by the Father who gave you the life, you your spirit will forget who He is. So if you live out of your own own method and your own flesh, and if you do not consider God as your life, whether no matter how much, how many times you call God as your Father, He can never become a father to you. So surely um, these spiritual principles are only, um, it only works only when you're living with God. Verse 19, 
The Lord saw this and rejected them because he was angered by his sons and daughters. So here, because, the, because God is the one who is angry toward unholy things, it is not um, God is uh, upset with the Israelites for, for, uh, for Israelites' behavior for, for a long time. And if only it is possible for you to live and please the Lord if you only when you choose to um, live in the identity of a being who God is pleased with. And it's not, not your action or your way of act that makes God pleased. So do not ever forget your identity. And there is no one, no human being in this universe that can please God through, through an action. And do not, do not misunderstand that you can please God through your good deeds and good action. And because they angered the Lord and they were not righteous before the Lord's eyes, it made him angry. Verse 20, uh, this is all order. If you do not have a right relationship between God and if you live by your old self, God will build his anger toward you. Just like Israelites, after they... Uh, came out from Egypt and they kept betraying the Lord they kept complaining the Lord and it built God's anger toward Israelites and it, it made Israelites to enter into the severe pain and it's such a tremendous blessing that we have this precious blood in us that we can repent and we can recover, restore this relationship between God. So all the core message is about the right relationship between God. And, and the, the most serious issue is that you don't repent. So do not leave that behind. You should be able to sense what is wrong, what is going, uh, what is what is problematic in, in our spirit. But it should be so easy. It should be easy because you can. You should be able to sense the Lord. And fundamentally, to our brothers, usually it's all about this mathematics because you have spent more time and more um, situations in the, in the world than you spent, than the time that you spent with the Lord. It's because... Uh, is that you store more more uh, relationship of anger of God so so in your workplace wherever you go whatever situation you are at you should be able to learn um, how you should be able to um, in the relationship of joy of the Lord So no matter how many times you spend in your workplace, the only thing that you need to do is to stay in the presence of the Lord and believing that He's uh, ruling wherever I go, He is with me wherever I go. It's all about the direction. It's all about identity. It's not about action. It's not about I should uh, pray uh, like out loud in, in my workplace or something like that. 
It's not a difficult thing. And to me, um, when I used to work, uh, whenever God gave me this um, inspiration, I just ran to my car and prayed like for 20 minutes, locking up my car or something like that. Uh, if you have inspiration like that, then do it. But I'm not telling you guys to just do exactly like that. Keep just what I'm telling you to do is just keep asking the Holy Spirit whenever you are working. Lord, I'm not sensing your presence. What is wrong? Lord, please allow your presence. But in, unlike that, um, please do not do not live like uh, you as if you are you you forgot the Lord. It's all about this direction. And if you uh, focus on the Lord during your your work hours, and then after the work hour, if you come back to the church and if you try to pray, then God will surely pour His grace to you and allow you to um, be blessed through a short period of time. move on verse 20 I will hide my face my face from them he said this is uh, the evidence of God's anger and his judgment toward Israel so uh, so it should be easy for us to sense this this identity in you if you have a right direction toward the Lord and right relationship Oh, if you do not have a right relationship, uh, inevitably you will have this this temptation in your thoughts that oh, I only committed one sin, I only made one mistake. Well, it's okay for me to not pray for ten minutes. So this is all about this uh, legalistic and religious uh, spirituality. For example, if you have committed a, a, a tremendous sin. But if you if you have repented like David, and it, this sin will never have any relationship with you. Let's say if you commit a, if you commit sins for hundred times, uh, God will be be angry to you. Uh, for example, but a righteous, if you commit one sin. Uh, God will become angry to you. Uh, I did not understand what he's saying. Uh, 
Okay, what he's trying to say is not about the quantity or the heaviness of the sin, but it's all about the relationship between God. If you have a right relationship, personal relationship with God, then uh, whether the, the severity of the sin is heavy or not, it, it must become heavy no matter how many times you have committed sin or not. And it has no relationship between this morality of, of the world or any standard of this Babylon. And if you do not live by God, uh, whether you notice it or not, you will be you will be influenced by the standard of Babylon and this morality and this um, ethics of the world, and you will begin to um, begin to try to define this this sin as a as a action. You should be able to see how much you are making God uh, as, a, as a being who is staying far away from you. And He's keep distancing from you as you are not living by the Spirit. If you do not live by the Spirit, uh, instinctively, the standard of Babylon is keep coming in you. And if the person keep lives like this, um, the the best result out of that is you just uh, live a very religious and um, legalistic life. So. If you do not live by the Spirit, it does not end that you just don't live, live spiritually. But you should be able to understand. You need to understand that um, this other life will be applied to you. But if you do not live by the Spirit, at the same time, automatically you should be able to see that other things are coming to have relationship between you. So whenever you're listening to this sermon, um, if you have difficulty understanding what this means, uh, it does not just end in not being able to understand what the message is, but, but it will end and result you to have relationship with other things. So that's a characteristics of, of, of being, of human being, which is alive. Because you are alive, uh, because you are alive, that life always react to other alive things, live things. For example, if you are married, both husband and wife, they uh, influence one another. <laughs> Just like that, you are being influenced by others. What should you do if you do not want to be influenced by other, other things? You must be ruled by Holy Spirit Himself. At least, uh, our brothers, you are the leaders of your family. And if you lose your, your authority, your leadership, then... Your your blessing, uh, the blessing that is being poured to you, t in order to be poured in your family, are blocked. Uh, 
It's the spiritual order that God made in, in, in the world. You should be able to have this, this order of leadership in order to have this blessing to be poured in your family. So it's all about order in the family. Spiritually, a man must be awake spiritually and lead the family. That's the important thing. This is the image of God making the order, speech order. Especially, especially our brothers, um, if you make an excuse and saying that, oh, because I spend many hours in the world, in the workplace, I, I cannot live like that. That means you're giving up upon your, your blessings and your leadership. If you do not live by the Spirit, it means that you're giving up on many things, especially God's blessing and God's order. You're distorting God's order by not living by the Spirit. So, you should not easily say that, oh, I'm, I'm giving up on living, living by the Spirit. So, living by the Spirit is the most important thing, and, and through that, and by that, you are building all the other things too. Verse, um, verse 20 and see what their end will be so Lord is saying that it is it is uh, so normal for them to be doomed like that because they forgot who God is and for they are a perverse generation children who are unfaithful it's the same story over and over again and the result of image of people who are not living by God. So all of these came from the disconnection from the relationship between them. If you live by God, um, God will automatically build everything. So that's the reason why we use this term grace. So all we need to do is to accept the Lord and, and receiving who He is. So, are you guys beginning to understand um, when I say it's easy to live by the Lord? Verse 21, They made me jealous by what is no God and angered me with their wordless idols. The same story over and over again. This world has no words. So, if you make more money, then you have to make more money, more money, and it will never give you satisfaction. Just like this immoral uh, woman he, that Jesus met, uh, she met so many uh, husbands, but she was never satisfied. This is the world.
Our brothers, um, you have met such a great wife. <laughs> Is there any any sister in our in our church who gets upset uh, uh, because she she did not uh, receive a, a carrot of diamond on her birthday? No. Our, our sisters are very spiritual and, and they are satisfied when our, our brothers are spiritually alive and, and, and awake and coming to the, the main hall to pray. Let's move on. Verse 21-21. I will make them envious by those who are not a people. He is describing of, of, of um, Gentiles. When we, when we live when we live in God, um, someone, else, someone outside of God living pros prosperous, he should never uh, bring a jealousy in us. But, but because these Israelites, they abandoned God, uh, they begin uh, envying others who are being uh, rich and prosperous in the world and being successful. This is a result and evidence that God's anger, uh, God's wrath is being poured, poured on the person. Why are you envying of, uh, of uh, someone who, whose um, house is being becoming more expensive and expensive? There's no reason for you to be, be jealous in the world. And you can translate this in, you can interpret this in other, other meaning. Uh, God, is, God is saying that um, he will save the Gentiles even more than the Israelites and he will make the Israelites jealous about the Gentiles. But anyways, So we need to see that the world is worthless and it has no meaning to us. And these days I don't watch news. Um, I watch news very rarely. And I don't see any worth in the world. And continuously, I will make them angry by a nation that has no understanding. So per people, by a nation who has no understanding, it, it represents the pagans. It represents the world. Not knowing the spirit is a great representative representation of not having a wisdom. And God gave his wrath to this nation who has no understanding and made them uh, bring the wrath of the Lord to the Israelites. So if you do not live by the Lord, this is the result that you will see. Um, always um, receiving the anger from the world. Verse 22. So uh, please do not lose your worthiness as a royal child. The world can never rule over you. 
Verse 22, For fire will be kindled by my wrath, one that burns down to the realm of the dead below. It will devour the earth and its harvest and set afire the foundations of the mountains. Why is he so angry? It's not because of the quantity of the sin, but, but because of um, the Israelites who abandoned this worthiness that God gave, even through, through giving up his life. And this worthiness is given by the most worthy being, and you cannot um, exchange this to other things. And even more, it's not about God's fame or his honor, but, but more than that, but more than that, uh, it's all about his recreation. It means that it means that he had to save the Israelites um, even by uh, going through his pain and shame. And he had to go through a sacrifice. And that's the matter of salvation. And, and that's the reason why we have been given this name that we are the new creation. And so it's impossible for us to, to give up on our, our worthiness and our, our dignity. Verse 23, I will heap calamities on them and spend my arrows against them. But because Israelites had uh, abandoned their worthiness, uh, the result appears here. I will send wasting famine against them, consuming um, pestilence and deadly plague. I will send against them the fangs of wild beasts, the venom, uh, venom of vipers that glide in dust. So that's how how fearful um, the, the result is when you abandon the worthiness of the Lord. <laughs> you have um, listened to so many things and it is too late for you to escape from this. There's no chance for you to escape from, from this uh, chain. Anyways, in the street, the sword will make them childless. In their homes, terror will reign. The young men and young women will perish. The infants and those with gray hair. So, okay, from verse 26 to 44, God entrusted this wrath to the pagans. And, and in this verse appears that God will judge these pagans too. God used the pagans as tool, as a tool to to bring judgment to the Israelites, but he need to um, get rid of them too. And here appears this story. So here appears many um, um, many uh, they and them, this kind of things. Verse 26. I said I would scatter them, and here them uh, represents Israelites. 
and erase their names from human memory. So for a thousand years, Israelites, they lost their country and their identities were lost in the world. And without God, Israelites' identity means nothing. And he said, I would scatter them, but, but at the end, uh, God chose to save them because God loves them. It seems that their their identity is lost in the world, but they were not caught from cut off from the Lord. In terms of God's characteristic, God uh, abandoned the Israelites in perspective of God's. Um, uh, uh, God's uh, righteousness, but but in t in perspective of His love, He never abandons them. In the matter of sin, um, God had a conflict in Him, but He He. He sent Jesus in order to solve this issue. So whenever we receive this love and when we repent, we'll be able to uh, return to Him. So when we receive that love, we can be able, we can repent. Verse 27, um, But I dreaded the talent of the enemy, lest the adversary misunderstand and say, Our hand has triumphed. The Lord has not done all this. And these pagans, they might under misunderstand and think because we are strong, but we had the might to bring judgment to the Israelites. And these are the reasons uh, why God had to bring judgment to the pagans too. And it was God who brought judgment to the Israelites through the pagans, but they lost. Uh, they did not know who God is, and they they misunderstand that they were strong and they were powerful, and they thought that they were able to do all things, and that brought the judgment. And to us, it's the same. By a chance, we should not, um, not by a chance, we should think that we can do anything. We can uh, accomplish anything. And here, verse in 28, they are a nation without sense. It means that uh, these, these pagans were foolish. So no matter how perfect, excellent you are in the world, and still if you do not have God's spirit, then you will, be, you will never be able to uh, know anything and understand anything. If you do not see the eternity, you will never say that you understand anything. There is no discernment in them. Here, discernment, it means that they cannot understand. They cannot sense God. They do not know who God is. They do not know what kind of thoughts they have toward the Israelites. So, so for uh, 2,000 years, we were uh, deceived by this replacement theology. 
Verse 29, If only they were wise and would understand this and discern what their end will be. And if they had known this, they would have understood uh, what God's intention is. And just like the Israelites who have been judged, they would have known if they knew God's intention, what God's intention was. So Israelites in in Book of Romans appears. Oh, Paul even um, describes about the Israelites that uh, God brought judgments to this original branch, uh, but even wouldn't He uh, bring judgment to these these uh, other side branches, which are the Gentiles? In Proverbs, appears that do not um, be glad in the judgment of the evil. So always do not consider the judgment of other people lightly. Okay, let's move on. Verse 30. Verse 30. How could one man chase a thousand or two put ten thousand to flight unless their rock has sold them, unless the Lord has given them up? So here, um, here appears the identity of Israel once again. If God did not sell, sell the Israelites, it would have been impossible for the uh, Gentiles to to be victorious over the Israelites. So I always tell the brothers, do not bear the burden of the flesh on your shoulder. Here, the Lord had given them up. It means... Uh, it is saying that God, God is not powerless because that's the reason why He made the Israelites to be turned over to the Gentiles. He's the one who made all the decisions. So the reason why you are being oppressed by the world is not because you don't have money, not because you don't have a good relationship with these power, powerful people, but only because you don't have right relationship between the Lord and you don't believe in this identity. So do not do not misunderstand, misunderstand and think, oh, I don't have money, I don't have intelligence. How many people in the history of the Christianity um, uh, insist uh, um, speaking? He is serving God well because he have such a great degree. <laughs> so look do not be deceived these conditions and circumstances these can never affect the child of God the only reason why child of God is powerless is because he's not living with God there's nothing that God cannot do for his child <laughs> Mm. 
So God. Oh, it is so clear that uh, we do not have any debt to our flesh. So you do not have this as a burden on your flesh. To our church businesses, I never put a burden to you to just put your effort in order to make money. No. I'm just telling you, reminding you of this uh, calling or identity. It's all about my calling. Those, those who are making money, uh, you have this uh, spiritual gift of helping others. So, so never uh, always believe that you do not have any burden of flesh or any debt of your flesh. So the issue is all about the relationship between God. I'm not telling you to live stupid or do not study or do not have uh, ability in the world. I'm saying these things can never, these things are never important in your in your life. The 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 most important is living with God, just like Moses. Who, who was 120 years old, uh, why is God using a grandfather like this? Wouldn't it be better for God to use someone who is more powerful and more, more, um, more young, younger? So what's the most important thing is believing in the identity that He has given to you and believing who He is. If you believe this, um, it is natural for you to just pray. First, um, how could one man chase a thousand or two put ten thousand to flight? How can one man, one Gentile man, um, chase a thousand Israelites? It's because God allowed him to do so. And God never allowed any other authority over the Israelites. And God never allowed you to be ruled by the world, ruled by the people in the world. He had never given a dominion over you other than himself. So why are you um, bowing down before the people, before, before money? In Deuteronomy, this is the core message, God, Echad. He is the only God. To Israelites, only thing that is needed is God himself. Only God. Only God. He is the only thing that you need. Only one that you need. So there's no reason for Israelites to, to receive such a uh, fearful judgment like this. How easy and simple is this? How convenient is this? Um, 
God is not the one who just commands you to build everything by, by our own effort. He prepared everything for us and He only demands us to believe. He's not a picky God. He's such an easy God. Only thing He tells us is to believe and to look. <laughs> right? How, how can you not live with a God like this? Please describe to me. Explain to me. I'm, I'm bombarding the second row today. But anyways, please explain to me why you cannot live by the Lord, by God. And because you allowed the world to have dominion over you for a long time, you distort the image of God and misunderstand who He is. This is Israelites. They, they have been serving Baal for such a long time. Uh, they misunderstood God that they need to uh, bring such a, um, a large amount of um, sacrifice before the Lord. It's all the method of the, of the world. They misunderstand that they need to serve God in the method and standard of the world. But how amazing it is to understand the identity of Israelites and think, oh, God is the only one who, who has dominion over me. And even, even if I commit sin, God does not, God does not um, allow the, the, the uh, possession to be turned over to the enemy. And, and how can you live uh, pitifully when you are living with such a great God like this? Are you guys, do you guys believe that, oh, oh blessed are you, O Israel? Let's move on. Um, verse 31. For their rock is not like our God. For their rock is not like our God as even our enemies concede. What, what, what is their rock? Their rock means uh, foreign, foreign God and our rock is God. They cannot be put in the same line. They cannot be compared. God is never uh, compatible for, uh, with, with the idols. And even our enemies concede. And even the pagans, they, they, they know. And even, even the enemies, they, they acknowledge this. And even just like uh, Rahab who confessed that oh your God is greater than any other gods 
and they, there were pagans who understood that, that uh, our God is the greatest out of all. There were some, some pagans like that. And, and why is Moses saying this? Even the pagans understood this, then how could you, Israelites, do not know this? Verse 32, their vine comes from the vine of Sodom and from the fields of Gomorrah. And vine, vine directly talks about the Israelites. It represents Israelites. But they were planted in the land of Canaan, in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. So, so the land which the plant is planted is important. Um, even the fish, the fish, the fish that you catch, the same species of a fish that you catch in the western sea of Korea and the northern sea of Siberia, um, they are the same species, but they are different, right? Just like that. But anyways, uh, why are the fish taste different uh, from different seas? Because they are living in different environment. <laughs> so in which soil that you are plant that's the important thing um, their grapes are filled with poison and their clusters with bitterness so our our roots must be planted in the kingdom of God instead of the world so our soil is important we must uh, um Lay, lay, uh, uh, make our roots um, be planted in the kingdom of God. So if you are planted in the Babylon, you are keep the same as you are drinking uh, the poison of cobras. So in, in daily life, if you have drunken uh, any poisons from the world, you must uh, be intoxicated. So if you look at a children of God, you must be able to confess to one another, oh, how pure is he, how pure. If you look at your brother or sister, you must, you should be able to confess to one another, oh, you are so pure. So characteristic of children of God must be pure. So whatever these uh, people can do in the world, um, people who live in the world, they are dirty, they are filthy. Whenever you see me, do you, do you think I'm pure? You don't know? That's one verse 34. Have I not kept, in, uh, kept this in reserve and sealed it in my vaults? Uh, my vault, my reserve. Who is my, me and I here is God. 
And the poison that that they have stacked stacked is the sin, and and all the sins are are sealed in the vault of God, and it has been recorded in the heavenly uh, sanctuary. And after our life, whenever you go to the kingdom of God, you will you will realize, and you will. Um, just shout out before the Lord and be amazed how tremendous it is that you, that you have solved your sin and you will see and witness in your own eyes uh, what the result of the people who have not solved the issue of their sins and where do the Israelites find their identity and their, their worthiness um, in from, from the evidence that they have solved their sin they have their confidence in their identity that they are the people who solve their, their matter of sin so you should your identity and your confidence in this identity must grow every day you should understand this joy joy that you have solved your sin that's row you must um, be awake So when you go to kingdom of God, you, you should not say that uh, because I'm a good man, I came here. No. Instead of that, you should be able to confidently say, I have solved all the issue of sin through Jesus. So to those people who have not solved their sins, uh, if, if an angel begins showing that person from the beginning of their life until, like, until the age of 10, they will um, just voluntarily go walk into, the, into hell. But because God has solved all the issue of sin for us, that's why we have become, become pure and we, that's why we can boldly enter into the kingdom of God. Have you solved all the issue of sin? Try to remember everything. Verse 36 The Lord will vindicate his people and relent concerning his servants. When he sees their strength is gone and no one is left, slave or free. Oh, no, remember, verse 35. It is mine to avenge. I will repay in due time their foot will slip. So if you do not solve your, your matter of sin, um, you need to understand these, the sin is keeping stacked. So, so if you do not live by the Holy Spirit, your, your amount of the life that you have lived in your flesh is stacking and it, 
so, so if you are living spiritually, you should, you must um, have this process of removing this amount of flesh in your life. And you need to understand that it is keeping store if you do not solve this, your fleshly amount. And you should not have any limitation um, or any hindrance from God touching you. So look, surely in, in many reasons, um, I cannot define the reason why you, you can't pray or you cannot pray well. But one of them is, is that because you have too much of a fleshly power that you cannot pray well. If you have lots of emotion of hatred or anger, it's an evidence that your fleshly power is uh, growing much in you. If your spiritual uh, energy is stronger, then, then there's no reason for you to uh, react to your anger or your emotion. This is characteristic of people whose uh, spiritual energy is much bigger than your fleshly energy in you. In your prayer, in the relationship of people, in your perspective of the world, it all reflects your spiritual status, your words that you use, your the terminology that you use. These all contains and reflects your amount of your flesh, your energy of your flesh. People who have who speaks lots of despair, word of despair. It's a reflect that your fleshly energy is is big. And you need to know that these are the evidence that your uh, fleshly energy is growing in you and you should begin immediately um, removing this amount of flesh in you. Verse 36, the Lord will vindicate his people and relent concerning his servants. Vindicate here uh, is translated well. But anyways, uh, he will vindicate his people. He will speak for his people and he will um, and relent, relent concerning his servants. When? When he sees their strength is gone and no one is left slave or free. So look, so here, um, strength is gone, powerless, came from, from the Hebrew word azar, which means to leave. So powerless is a uh, word, compound noun, um, consisting um, azar and hand. So, so hand is gone, something like you can translate it directly like that. But let's say, so for example, when God is gone, um, the Israelites lost their power. So slave or freed, when no one is left, uh, 
When God sees that no one has, no one is left, when Israelites become a powerless people, what 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 do what does God do? He will vindicate them and He will relent His people. So, so slave. When the Israelites become slave, and when they become nothing, they, when they become hopeless, God will God will um, vindicate them and consider them worthy. So when Israelites say, oh, we are hopeless, we are powerless, uh, God will begin vindicating, I mean, not begin, God will vindicate them and say, you are, you are worthy, you are worthy. And God is the God who can even make the dead alive and even he can make a dead uh, revive. So, God will always vindicate us and He will have His mercy to us. We need to believe this. Verse 37, He will say, Now where are their gods, the rock they took refuge in? And God is telling the pagans that to the Gentiles, where are the idols that, they, that you took refuge in? Where are these Asherah, the bell that you, you used to like? So in our terminology, where, where are your money? Where's your money? So to the Israelites, God is uh, asking the Israelites, where, where are your idols? You have trusted the money so much, and is the money uh, saving you? Can the world that you so love uh, save you? So Israelites must live by God only. So there's no possibility for Israelites to live other other live by other things than God. The gods who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering. Uh, let them rise up to help you. Let them give you shelter. So God is using the sarcasm in here and telling the Israelites, you have considered these idols as your savior God, but they are meaningless, they are nothing. He's asking the Israelites, and he already has answer. They have never became an answer to you. They have never became help to you. So he's saying those idols can never become your refuge, your shelter. World, the world is so vague, it's void, it's powerless. You will surely see this result that the world will become powerless, it will um, become helpless. Verse 39, see now that I myself am He, there is no, no God besides me. So I myself here is Elohim. To Israelites, He is the only uh, powerful being. He is the only power. To Israelites, 
is God is the only power to them, not not money, not people. It is only Elohim what be, which becomes power to the Israelites. God is surely saying that I will take care of you. I will take responsibility if you uh, if you are doomed by living by me. I will take care of you. So God will surely uh, take care of His people. And, and if, if He is a God who does not take care of people, why would you believe a God like that? So the only reason for our failure and our destruction is not living by God. It may seem like a destruction. Um, it will mean nothing to us if we live by God. Everything, all our result of life uh, concludes to, to living by God. Why? Because he's the one who, who uh, claims the authority over death and life. He says, I put to death and I bring to life. I have wounded and I will heal and no one can deliver out of my hand. Do you believe this? He only, he is the only uh, sovereign God. He has never entrusted his sovereignty to any other things. Whenever Israelites uh, went to slavery uh, to the Babylon, even in that place, even in the midst of slavery, if the Israelites um, acknowledged that God is sovereign God over them, God took care of those people. And God is looking for people who is uh, who serves God, who prays God. He's looking for these people, and it is time that He is raising these people. Verse forty: I lift my hands to heaven and solemnly swear, as surely I live forever. And here, lifting God, uh, lifting hands, it's uh, it's like a pledge. It's making a vow. And as surely I live forever, it means that God promised us um, forever. God is promising us in the eternity. So eternity, in perspective of promise, is so important to us. All the promise is all the promise that God made to us is not only valid on this earth, but also uh, until the eternity. For example, let's say you have a debt. You have a debt. That debt will will not um, bother you for eternity. Whenever you you die, that debt will no longer um, have authority or or claim over you. What a person who who you owe money will come to your corpse and um, tell you to pay pay back your debt? No. But anyways, but God's promise is eternal. So in Book of Isaiah, 
Um, God's love is eternal covenant. Verse 41. When I sharpened my flashing sword and my hand grasped its grasp in judgment, I will take vengeance on my adversaries and repay those who hate me. 42. I will make my arrows drunk with blood while my sword devours flesh. The blood of the slain and the captives, the heads of the enemy leaders. And all the ones who rebels against God, he, God says that He will uh, um, destroy all of them. So, what's the solution for the Israelites to have a right relationship with God? Verse 43 Rejoice, you nations, with His people, for He will avenge the blood of His servants. He will take vengeance on His enemies and make atonement for His hand and people. <laughs> because um, my wife is almost like a Jew, we have a good relationship with Israel, right? my wife um, did so well uh, doing the conference in Costa Rica. <laughs> it became such a dilemma. Anyways, verse 43, he will avenge the blood of his servant. And surely the avenge and the vengeance of the Israelites are only uh, being done, being carried out by the Lord. So we, sh we don't need to um, work out on our vengeance on our own. So all we need to do is to believe in His sincerity and to have this holy relationship between Him. There's nothing more, nothing easier uh, than living with the Lord. And He will make atonement for His land and His people. So God will never abandon His people in this matter of sin of His people. He will he will always prepare this uh, way of, of solving the issue of sin for his people. Of course, the old generation of the Israelites have died in the wilderness, but they will be applied of the blood of Jesus Christ once again. They will be given this chance once again at the end time. And and God will surely allow them to confess that uh, Jesus is the Messiah at the end. So all the universe, everyone who lives in the world, whenever they confess that God is Savior and, and confess before the Lord, then God will bring um, His salvation to them. From verse 44 to 52, uh, it's all the message of Moses reminding the Israelites once again to obey to the commandment of the Lord. And he speaks about his death in verse 48. 
on that on that same day, the Lord told Moses, "Go up into um, Abarim range to Mount Nebo in Moab, across from Jericho, and view Canaan, the land I'm giving the Israelites as their own possession." He, God, is uh, making Moses to look into the land of Canaan, and there on the mountain that you have climbed, you will die and be gathered to your people, just as your brother Aaron died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. And Moses, the, uh, Moses died, right? He was buried in the valley. Um, and he was buried, but no one found his dead body. Um, it appears in um, verse, um, chapter 34, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Verse 6 of chapter 34, um, he buried, buried him in Moab in the valley of opposite Beth Por, but to this day no one knows where his grave is. So, so Moses, it is possible to say that Moses did not die. He's only missing, right? And Moses and Elijah, they did not die. So um, we can say he's missing. And they will once again appear later as two witnesses. <laughs> But anyways, um, verse 51, 51, this is because both of you broke, broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh in the desert of Zin, and because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. And this is the event of Moses uh, hitting the rock with his road. And God said, because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites. This is the reason why Moses could not enter into land of Canaan. Only one, one event, this one event out of the 40 years of... Uh, of wilderness, one event made Moses not being able to enter into the land of Canaan. How unfair does it sound? But what did what did God say? Uh, this is a reason why you cannot enter into the land of Canaan because you did not uphold my holiness in the presence of the Israelites. But why? Why did Moses have to die because of this one event? It's because of the standard of the holiness that Moses had. And this one event um, uh, affected the standard of the holiness of Moses. So in your life, if you do not live by the Holy Spirit, it means that you are revealing, showing the presence of your own flesh instead of instead of God. 
So this is the same thing that as I said before, you you stacking your uh, amount of of the energy of flesh. I always pray. Um, even even today, I want to see this glory that Moses saw, and even if. Even if I die because of that, then I will gladly see that glory. And spiritually, you should be like this too. So do not live by yourself. But because we don't have the standard of holiness like Moses, we are keep living. But spiritually, if you keep react by your flesh and by your, your own thoughts, and this, this is such a fearful thing to a pastor like me. Whenever I come up to the podium and preach, I must sustain this holiness and this fullness of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I have different standard of holiness. If I ruin the standard of holiness, this, this will become the reason that, that kills me. So, so this is a difficulty of a pastor. That's the reason why I say I did not want to become a pastor. But why? Why did I become a pastor? Because it's all about calling. He said that he will take care of me. He will take responsibility of this. But uh, still, I, I still I still desire for this this um, perfect glory. If you wish to um, please desire this glory too. What's important here? Understanding that oh, Holy Spirit is indwelling in me, and I need to live by this Holy Spirit who indwells in me. So, who are you? What's your identity? You are royal priest. What you need to do is to reveal, reveal God through you. So, you need to be sensitive toward this issue, this matter, and you should have this uh, awakeness, this vigilance in you, and think you need to be. Um, you need to remind yourself that, oh, I'm a being who should reveal the presence of God through me. So let's move on. Let's pray. Next week, I will be preaching on verse 33. Uh, the title, I have given you the title already. Um, Blessed are you, Israel. In the new temple, we will uh, having begin having the worship again. I will proclaim um, the beginning of the blessing of Yalong Church. Because we are all community, it's all ours, so let's pray.